Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. The prophet said something absolutely ridiculous. What I'm saying to you may be absolutely ridiculous. You say, I know my problem, Bishop, and that's some good preaching, but not in my life. But the prophet spoke by inspiration. And he said, tomorrow, about this time, a sea of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. And two seas of barley for a shekel as well. And all at the gate of Samaria. What the Lord is saying to those in this room, those watching by live stream, perhaps those listening by the radio. I don't know where you are, but listen to the word of the Lord. Your your period of siege is about to come to an end. You're about to step back into normalcy if you can believe the word of your God. But watch this, verse 2. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned, meaning this was an, an official that the king listened to, the king respected and honored. He answered the man of God. He talked back. And he said, look, now I like all that stuff you say, you know, it's inspirational and everything, but I'm in the real world. And uh, listen, if the Lord would make the windows in heaven open, Amen. could this thing, come on, be? Frankly, I understand this man's doubt. How many in this room understand? Yes. Come on now. Now, now, now the, the, the army was on the inside of the walls. People were, were, were dying of starvation, and, 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 and the army at its full strength could not defeat the Syrians. So now that the army is hungry, now that people are dying in this sickness, and it's absolutely impossible. The siege has gone on for week after week after week. And you know, armies travel on their belly, and a hungry army is a weakened army. Said, so look, this is absolutely improbable. I get the man's doubt, but here's the deal. If, if you can believe in a God that could create the known universe in six days, tell me what's the stretch to believe that God can fix your little problem in just a day? I mean, we get to talking about it. This is the God who said to Joshua, Joshua, I'm going to keep the sun from setting until you finish this fight and win. This is a God who spoke to Isaiah and said, go on and speak to Hezekiah and tell Hezekiah I'm going to add 15 years to his life. And then to confirm the word, God looked at the king and he said, listen, what I'm going to do to, to make you know that I'm God and there's none beside me and I done spoke. He said, I'm going to turn back the clock 15 degrees. The sundial went backwards. So we serve a God that can not only do it quickly, but a God that can turn back the clock if he has to. We serve a big God. Does anybody believe in this God? 
on some Sundays we talk about endurance, but that's not the message today. It's about faith. And sometimes I say he can. God said, I'm God and I can. God can choose to do it as quickly as he wants or as slow as he wants. Our only obligation is to trust him. And if God says 24 hours, I don't care what your checkbook says. I don't care what your boss has said. I don't care what the doctor might have said. I don't care what your children are saying. I don't care what your husband is saying. I don't care what the president might be saying. I don't care. What your lawyer may have to say. The prophet said, tomorrow, does anybody have faith enough to believe that by tomorrow, your situation can change? Does anybody still believe in a God that can get it done? That time is no issue with him? He controls the, the sun, the moons, and the stars. Time is God's creation. He can move it however he wants. Come on, let's get back to the word. So the Lord gets a little bit of an attitude with the man who refused to believe and stay in doubt. And just because I understand that man doesn't mean I need to be that man. Listen to the Lord. He said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. God is saying to some of us in this room, if you don't get on board right now, you're about to miss your train. Now is the time. Today is the moment. This is the hour. And God says, behold, I plan to do a quick work. He's saying in this next season, the plowman will overtake the harvester. He's saying in this season, he will compress time. And in this season, he's going to escalate. He's going to quicken. He's going to speed up. Things that would have taken maybe years, days, I don't know. But God is saying to prove I'm God. I hasten to perform my word and I'm about to speed up time itself to bring myself glory. Now, the scene changes from the doubter to four starving leprous men at the entrance of the gate. But you see, God doesn't look at things the way we look at them. Instead of God seeing four men too sick to help, God saw four men too hungry to die. You may not think you have what you need, but you don't know what God sees. You don't know what he sees in your life. 
and you have just the right, you might not have that, but you do have the right stuff. You do have the things that God needs to accomplish his purpose. And they said to one another, they didn't know they were under inspiration. said, why are we sitting here until we die? To put it in the modern parlance, they say, listen, I'm not going out this way. And the men got together and considered the choices. And we always have choices. Always. You say, I, I, I know choice. You, you always have choices. And the guy said, he said, if we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. In other words, we're going to die in the city. And if we sit here, we die also here. There was death outside, in and outside the city. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. There's one option we've not considered. There's always another choice. You hear me? And they say, you know what? Frankly, we have absolutely nothing to lose. And sometimes you're in your highest place when you have absolutely nothing less left to lose. At the end of yourself, there ain't no more options. Sometimes that, that's just the point where God gets it going. And they say, well, if they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, guess what? We're going to die out here anyway. We, 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 we shall, shall die. But I like these guys. They decided I'm going to go big or die trying. There are people in this room. The only way you're going to get out of where you are is to go big or die trying. That is my mantra this week. That is the motto in my head. I am going to go big or die trying. I'm going to go all in. Either God is or he ain't. But I'm about to find out. I'm about to find out. I'm about to find out. We're about to find out. If there's any truth to this message, we are about to find out. We're about to find out. We're about to find out. Together, we're going we, we to find out. We're going to find this thing out. Yes, we are. Whether it's true or not, we're going to find this thing out. We are. That's right. We're going to find out. Come on, sit down. You're taking out my time. We's about to find out. I know when my English goes to getting bad, I'm preaching good. And they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the, the Syrians. Now, God always surprises me by the people he chooses to use. Man, you would never know that, that people that look one way one day, what God would use so mightily the next. But what's amazing here is God saves the whole city through four marginalized men they wouldn't even let on the inside. But four men too stubborn to quit. And may you and I be found in that category. Maybe I'm a leper. Maybe there's some weakness and problems in my life. But I refuse to give up. And that's the man, that's the woman 
that God is looking to use in this hour. Not many vessels of gold, not many vessels of silver. But God's simply looking for available vessels. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. You'll be surprised what will happen when you get off your butt. <laughs> and at least try something. At least try something. Stop just complaining, but try something. Do something. Do it. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear something. Dear God. The, the Syrians didn't hear four leopards. They heard the noise of chariots. The noise of horses. Church, we have no idea what we sound like in the spirit realm when we stop feeling sorry for ourselves. And start putting our faith in action. And go ahead and do it. He said, a noise of a great army. And some critics would say, you know, God deceived the people. God is a, a liar. No, no, no. All God did was, was let the people hear his footsteps alongside the footsteps of the leopards. All God did was let them hear the angelic army. What's walking with those four? See, see, that's what we say, Lord, I'm not qualified. That's not the point. These men were not qualified. They were lepers. This time in history, lepers had parts of their body missing. They walk around without a nose. They were sick. They were hungry. But God used them. If God could do that with lepers, tell me what's your excuse. Tell me. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel is hired against us, the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Jerusalem. They, they heard armies, man, and they thought it was you know, some powerful folks coming against us to, to attack us. See, when God is, is for you, it doesn't matter how many against you. They're automatically outnumbered. They're outnumbered. There's always more for you than against you. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact. Their tents, their horses... And their donkeys. Remember, they were eating heads of donkeys just a minute ago. The way God can just flip a thing and change your fortunes. And they fled for their lives. All because four men with very serious problems made a decision to go big or die trying. You know, in this room, it doesn't even take all of us, just four of us. It's just four of us. Just four of us would decide, I'm going to go big or die trying. We can change the world. Change it. And when these lepers, I got to keep focusing on this for just a second. God often uses the least of us to encourage the rest of us. Why? So we could say, well, if the Lord could use Someone missing body parts. If he could use someone that rejected that outcast. If he could use someone that sickly and that weak. 
If he could use someone with such a skin disease, how, I mean, what might he do with someone that can use lotion? What, what might he do with someone that has hands and a nose? What might he do with someone who has food in their belly? When God used the least of us, it cuts out the excuses for the rest of us. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into just one tent. They ate and drank and carried from it silver, gold clothing and went and hid them. One tent had everything these lepers needed. See, when God rewards, he rewards good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. That's the way Jesus told us God would do it. So watch what happens. So they got there full, but God didn't stop there. So then they came back and entered into another tent and carried some from there. Say with me, also. Also. And they went and hid. And by the way, hiding things was the way you put stuff in the bank back then. You know, they didn't have big vaults and stuff. You hide something in the field, you would know where it was, and you go back to and get it. So basically what they did is they took the stuff and they put it in the bank. And verse 9, then they said to one another, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news, and we remain silent. God wants to bring so much blessing in our lives that it would be selfish, that it would be unconscionable for us not to share it. You see, some of us share the gospel out of duty. That's why you're not winning people. But when you share with others, could God have been so good to you? You get what I'm saying? Let me tell you what he did in my life. You know what I'm saying? When you let God first be good to you, you can't help but share it with others. And they can't help but get excited. It becomes contagious when it's real first in your life. Verse 10. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and they told them, these, these lepers here, so the, the king and those guys, they, they took two chariots with horses and, and sent them in the direction of the Syrian armies. And they said, Let, let's go and check this out. Go, go and, and see. And they went after them as far as the Jordan. And indeed, all the road was just like these men said, full of garments, clothes they didn't sew. You hear me? Weapons, weapons their blacksmiths didn't make which the Syrians had thrown away in haste. God gave these men an effortless victory. Effortless. All because a king checked his temper. All because a king humbled himself. And all because four men decided, I'm going to go big or die. Try it. So the messenger returned to the king. And after the people heard the exploits of the lepers, they were encouraged and excited. And what's happening and what God wants to to do in your life is going to be used to encourage the life of others behind you. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. And here's part of one of my major points this morning. If we would humble ourselves, we'll be able to win some fights even without fighting. 
See, as, as a younger guy, I, I kind of like to fight. I know I don't look that way nowadays, but... You know, I... I, 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 I did. And, you know, when you're full of yourself, you know, you, you, you feel like you got something to prove. So you want to fight all the time. But at some point, we got to grow up and mature. At some point, we have to learn instead to try. At some point, we need to just get a little bit wiser. And I've come to the place in my life, if I can get it without having to do all that and having to, to sweat, bleed. You know what? I have nothing to prove anymore. Lord, I don't have to know the name of 17 demons. I don't have to fast 40 days, 49. You know, you see, some people fast 40 days, 49, because they're going to tell you, well, I got all this because I fasted. Because I fought the fight I fought. I prayed two hours a day for a year, and then God showed up. Look at me. I'm wonderful. I'm spiritual. I'm holy. But I'm at a point in my life, I know me too well. Don't look at me. Look at him. I'm not going to tell you I got what I got because I'm better than you. I got what I got because Jesus loved me. Because Jesus had mercy on me. Because Jesus was for me. This is free, I'm out of time, but this is very, very important. And even though it has nothing to do with the message, I believe it's still a word for you. When the Old Testament worshiper went to worship, the priests didn't look at them in order to receive their offering. The priests only inspected the lamb. If you pay attention to what I just said. He'd bring a spotless lamb, and the priest would inspect the lamb. And if the lamb was spotless and worthy, it would be sacrificed, and God would accept it. Many of us, we go to God looking in the mirror saying, I have no... Yes, you do. You're lying. Your focus is wrong, and that's why you're depressed. But if you start coming to God saying, Lord, I got a, a spotless... Jesus is under my arm. Lord... I don't expect you to inspect me. Inspect him. He was spotless. He was sinless. And he paid my price. He is my sacrifice. You hear what I'm saying? When I was young, mirror, mirror on the wall, tell me. You understand? But as I got older, I said, Lord, look away from me. Look at my Jesus who bore it all. You hear what I'm the spotless Lamb of God. I'm way off the subject, but you gotta grow up in your faith. Yes. Stop saying when I get this right, do that right, God will fix it. Stop it. God's not inspecting you. If he was inspecting you, he would have kicked you out before you even arrived. He's not inspecting you, he's inspecting the spotless Lamb of God. And that lamb is perfect. That lamb is pure, awesome, wonderful. So get yourself off your mind. And put the word of God back on your mind. And that was a word from our sponsor. Let's get back to the text. And we're going to wrap up in just a, a second. So a sea of fine flour was sold for a shekel. And two seeds of barley for a shekel. 
just like the man of God said, according to the word of the Lord. All this happened because the king got over temper, humbled himself. All this happened because four lepers, four people with spots, blemishes, and problems said, I'm going to go big or I'm going to die trying every head bowed and every eye closed. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.